Thanks for joining the show. Welcome back. Hi, guys. I've missed y'all. I, I think uh, Stepmom Warren will uh, very much appreciate uh, this this call in here. Crushed a Bud Light Lime. My name's Alex Strofe, and I'll see you in the championship, John. Tyler Lockett, I like Metcalf a little bit more, but the one that really stands out to me that could be super duper spicy, Tyler Boyd. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, yeah, I like, I this, like this one. This got penny dinged up we've got carson coming off the hip he's already a violent rusher and then you've got hyde on his 40th team so far i just don't <laughs> know if you can actually bank on that running game as much this may be super spicy and controversial I love austin. it we yeah. wouldn't have it any other way yeah austin eckler oh austin eckler. that sounds yeah, johnny's hideous. gonna hate this one that sound i take back what i just said i just want to show this little whippersnapper what this old fart can do Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're hey, back let's again. pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, July 29th, and you're listening to episode 110, a very special league winners episode of the Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, me, Chelsea, and today we are welcoming back on the show our favorite special guest, Stepmom Lauren. So, of course, if you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, our latest episodes, and a ton of fresh swag for you to pur purchase. And if you want to support our show, you can sign up as a patron of The Fantasy Whispers where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. And Travis, before we really dig into the show, I know we want to send a special congratulations to a couple new Listener League members. Isn't that right? Yeah, thanks so much, Chelsea. We're going to dive into the show, of course, which we're really stoked about, obviously, to bring Stepmom Lauren on and get into this thing. But we wanted to talk a little bit about the Listener League. We've got 14 teams this year. We extended the roster out or extended the, the league roster out, I should say. And a couple weeks back, we congratulated Reed Tyler. Uh, he had been in a lot of our mocks. He's been a Whisper Nation day oneer. Uh, and on one of these mock drafts, his dad joined the mock draft, right? Reed's daddy was his name within the mock draft, and he left us a voicemail. And, Johnny, we just couldn't pass up this opportunity to play this voicemail and welcome him into the league. Yes, I uh, got this number from my son, who I think was in your league last year, and he talks a lot of trash. And um, I've been doing this probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years. I've won a few championships in the leagues that I'm in now. I always, always finish going into playoffs for a second or third, not tooting my own horn, but I just want to show my son that I do know what I'm doing. I am an old fart, but I, I do keep up with stats. I do keep up with injuries. I do keep up with, with, with the league, and I know what's going on. Um, I just want to show this little whippersnapper what this old fart can do. Uh, I'd love to be in the, in the, in the league, and uh, maybe I can – can, can win, or at least beat, that's my goal, to, to win the league, yes, but to at least beat him. And I put that little dude in this place. Uh, yeah, my name is, is Steven Tyler. My son's name is Reed Tyler. And uh, I've enjoyed doing the, the Fantasy Whispers uh, online drafts there. You guys do on Mondays. It's a lot of fun. I uh, learn a lot. 
But uh, I just want to put my son in his place. He talks too much trash. Thanks, guys. Hey, that it's I like, I, hit the beep, whatever you gotta do. Oh, oh, well, no, wait, wait, that one, that one's for just a second. Uh, that is our next listener that made it in. But I will say, I love, I love the trash talk already, already starting. Uh, that is, that is key. That is key in this yeah, league. Like, what a dynamic to have. Like he doesn't get to bend him over his knee anymore. He's probably too old. But now he gets to bend him over his fantasy football knee. Yeah. Just take him to task right now, <laughs> and he is just going to give him a spanking, or at least that's what he wants to do here. Uh, leaving Reed to wonder who his daddy really is. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm excited about this dynamic. We got basically half the family in our, in our listener league now. And uh, really pumped on that one. But we also, you may, uh, if you watched our mock draft marathon last year uh, and you got into those twilight hours, you got into those those deep uh, 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. hours, you knew that Alex Strofe, uh helped us with that. He, he, he's out of Wisconsin, out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Big friend of the show, big friend of us. Uh, well, he, he, had a, he had a couple. He turned a he put a couple back and gave us a call on the voicemail too. A little drunk dialing, if you will. I'd like to give Alex a shout out here. Jay, why don't we play that one? I, I think uh stepmom Warren will uh, very much appreciate uh, this, this call in here. Cross to Bud Light Lime. My name's Alex Strofe and I'll see you in the championship, John. So, so first of all, the confidence in this, first of all, like uh, I messaged him after this. I said, are you you're meaning to tell me you you want me to put you in the league because you crushed a Bud Light Lime <laughs> and you drunk dialed this? He's like, yep, absolutely. But I love not only that he had the confidence to talk about the Bud Light Lime crushing, but he went right for you, John. Like he he didn't care about me or anybody else. You didn't even win it last year. And he just came right at you. Hey, I. I I was I felt uh, a little bit um of of heart uh, a heartfelt moment for me because somebody reached out to me and they know how much I love Bud Light Lime and so they I felt like they were doing it for me uh at you know 12 o'clock at night so I I very much appreciated that and so to me it was just a heartfelt moment so like he automatically had my vote and like that was easy for me um but yeah what do you so Alex, Bud Light Lime and went away into Johnny's heart or the listener? Yeah, yeah. we're going to start getting gift baskets from Whisper Nation that just send you like a six pack of Bud Light Lime in there, maybe some T-shirt. That's a pretty good basket. You'd love that one. huh? Yeah, that was pretty good. Well, listen, we've got four spots left, guys, and there are a few ways you can get in. One is by calling into the Whisper Nation hotline. That's 1-833-4-FF-TALK. 1-833-4-FF-TALK. That's 1-833-433-8255. And just let us know why you deserve to be in the Whisper Nation Listener League. Maybe you got a son you want to kick his butt. Maybe you crush a Bud Light line. Maybe you've just got a better story than both of them. And you want to rock it in and tell us what's going on. And we will also be giving away a couple spots in our mock draft marathon, which is something we're excited to announce uh, next weekend, August 8th and 9th. We'll be going live for 24 straight hours of mock drafting 
10 a.m. to 10 a.m., 8, 8 to 8, 9. That's Saturday to Sunday. We are going to be doing this thing. So make sure you're subscribed and you're liking our stuff over on YouTube because that's how you get in. And then make sure you follow us on Twitter because that's how we're putting the links out, the sleeper links. And we've got a few big names to announce. We're just waiting on their approval to announce them, but they're in the works and they're rocking. And, of course, our special guest today, Stepmom Lauren, will be mock drafting with us. Yeah, that's, And without further ado, that's a big Stepmom one there. Lauren. Thanks for joining the show. Welcome back. Hi, guys. I've missed y'all. Yeah, I can't wait for the mock draft. I did it last year. I believe I opened the show and then closed Close it. the show. Yeah. yeah. I was at the beach, yeah. too, which was like insult to injury for y'all because you're like, oh, matchsticks in the eyeballs. And I'm like, I'm sunning <laughs> over here with my Bud Light Lime, Johnny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I, cool if I don't... Go ahead, Chelsea. Sorry about that. It was cool that you were with us at the beginning and the end, though, and I was just going to ask what it was like for hour one to hour 24, the difference. You know, honestly, it wasn't much, which is really saying something for you guys, that you still had that energy and the enthusiasm just to keep drafting. It's like, it's no joke. 24 hours is a long time to just stay awake, (laughs) let alone interact with guests, you know, get everything going. There's all sorts of stuff going behind the scenes. It was really good. I was, I was like, I told you guys, I was so proud. I was like, this is awesome. That is just so cool. And I was, I was super, super proud of to be a part of it. I think was so much fun. And I'm so happy you asked me to do it again this year. Oh man. We we appreciate those kind words. That, that, that was huge. Right. Like John, I remember John and I just being like so down on ourselves at the end of it and being like, Oh, I don't know how we're going to make it through this. And both you just said that. And we talked to Mac on Saturday morning snap the other night. And he said, yeah, you guys were actually better than you give yourselves credit for at the end there. And I think it was a big testament to our special guests. And we're excited about that and bringing in these people and building the community out and uh, that's really what makes it. And it makes it fun because then your guys' listeners, your followers get to come in and draft with us. And we get to just meet and all talk about this game that we love so much, fantasy football. Uh, there's nothing really better than that. I'm super stoked this year. Uh, I know Johnny's super stoked. We're, we've got some new things as far as, you know, aesthetics and all these different things that Johnny's working on. Uh Right, John? Yeah, I'm working on a, a lot of stuff. You probably are <laughs> you probably are working noticed. on this, yeah. right, Johnny? Yeah, I am working on this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. So uh, this is, as if you're watching on YouTube, it is a new format we're trying out here. So uh, it is a little rough to go uh, off of to begin with here. Um, but I'll get it right eventually. We'll be okay. We'll get it. But, hey, you can't have a mock draft and, and, and talk about all these guys you're going to mock draft if you don't even let them know who the wi- league winners are to mock draft. So that's what today's episode is all about. And we brought along Stepmom Lauren. Why? Because if you go back to last year's episode, I just will give you a little bit of hints. Uh, there was a lot of gold in that episode. I'll just say like we we nailed the Miami uh, Miami Dolphins backfield. We nailed that they would be fantasy relevant. Uh, we had the Miles Sanders conversation in that episode. So this is a hot, hot episode that we are going to be bringing to Whisper Nation today. And Stepmom Lauren, I know, is going to bring it. Yeah, so we've got those... 
Yeah, we've got those league winners. But first, we wanted to jump in some topics. As always, we try to build a a quick-hitting topic board of things we see on Reddit, things within the community we like to get into. The first one we want to talk about, we talked last week about our dark horse to finish as the RB1 in fantasy football for 2020. This week, we want to start with our dark horse to finish as the wide receiver one in 2020 fantasy football. So without further ado, special guest stepmom Lauren. Ladies first, why don't you give us your dark horse this year at the wide receiver one position? I have so many, but like it is so hard. <laughs> it's a deep year. Yeah. I, I, I have so many. I have so many. I love it. Okay. Because a lot of these wide receivers too, you can get in the fourth round or even much later. So I will go ahead. I mean, I'll throw out some names. I mean, you can look at DJ Chark. I love him. Um, let's see the other one too. Tyler Lockett. I like Metcalf a little bit more, but the one that really stands out to me that could be super duper spicy. Tyler Boyd. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I like, I like this, this one. I do like this. I like this. So the reason I love Tyler Boyd so much and he's going super late. Isn't he going in like the seventh round? I'd have to look it up. I have it right here, but that's hard to do. And I'll just focus. on you. <laughs> we'll check so, it out right now. <laughs> so AJ Green is back. You've got Joe Burrow. I am really excited to see what Tyler Boyd can do because as a wide receiver one without anybody else on the field to help him out, he gets double coverage and he's not the best at creating separation. So he needs somebody else to draw away defenses and they have that now. So I am really excited to see the Tyler Boyd of like 2018. I think that's when he had a good year. Again, don't know. It's right (laughs) here, but I'm not looking. So I am really excited about Tyler Boyd. It's very, very spicy. He may not end the year as a wide receiver one. He may be knocking at the door, but he is going to have wide receiver one weeks throughout the season, and I am very excited to see those. Yeah, I like your point there about uh, A.J. Green, even T. Higgins, John Ross. So they have a low-key kind of underrated wide receiver core, and we've seen even with A.J. Green on the field, Tyler Boyd has been kind of better with A.J. Green on the field. The splits are really good there. And I like just this team threw a butt ton last year under Zach Taylor, and I think they're they're not in any shape to not throw again a lot. That defense is not one of the better ones in the league, so they definitely will be. And then that division is so tough. They'll be throwing and trying to keep up a lot. So I really like that take. I think it's a it's a it's definitely a hot one, and that's what we're doing here. It's a dark horse, right? And you were right. He's in the seventh round, so that's the value there is just incredible for Tyler Boyd. Incredible. If yeah. you t- we talk about the wide receiver core, right? There's three other guys there, but they all have way more question marks than Tyler Boyd in my mind. Like Tyler Boyd's path to success is is a lot more clear. Johnny, who do you got as your dark horse for a wide receiver one in 2020? So last week I got a lot of flack uh, from Whisper Nation because my dark horse <laughs> wasn't dark enough uh, and, and and deep enough in in mock drafts. Second round wasn't deep enough for for that, so and I, they were I, right. Uh, so I went. I, I went seventh round, bro. Let's go. Yeah, yeah no, I on. went. I went deeper this time, and this guy, I it still baffles me to this day uh, as to why he is going so late and in drafts, and that is wide receiver Robert Woods from the L.A. Rams uh, last year. Okay, when you're when you're building a case for what it takes in order to be a wide receiver one, there are a few things I look for. Targets, consistency, that they're in a good offense. They have to have the upside, of course. And, uh, you know, the other big thing that you see is t- a monster touchdown season. Okay, you look at the last two seasons of Robert Woods in L.A. He's averaged 8.8 targets per game, 5.7 receptions per game, 
just under 76 receiving yards per game, and that comes out to 16.1 fantasy points per game in a PPR uh, uh, format. Now, you want to talk about consistency. We said that was the number two thing you got to look at. Well, from weeks 7 through 16, uh, he had only two weeks where he had under 80 yards receiving. That's pretty consistent to me. And then you look at, well, it says offense, a good offense. You know, it, it did stutter a little bit, and they got rid of Todd Gurley. Well, the last two years, 568 passing attempts and 632 passing attempts. So it seems like they're going to be passing the ball quite a bit, you know, around the uh, 550 to 600 times. I can I could pretty much give that a lock. So give me the wide receiver that's getting 24% market share over the last two years in that offense. And yeah, I understand the lack of touchdowns has always been scary for Robert Woods. But like I said, what is, and we talk about this all the time. You guys can, you can, we can all say it together as a family. What is the number one thing that is the flukiest and hardest thing to predict in fantasy football touchdowns? So if you get Robert Woods in the fourth or fifth round right now, and you know, Maybe he gets that hot touchdown streak, which is possible because we just said touchdowns were fluky. Uh, then you could be looking at a serious wide receiver overall one uh, in Robert Woods. Uh, the talent is there. The yardage is there. Uh, it's just the touchdown they lacking. And stepmom Lauren is super excited. Yeah, well, about she this. about jumped off the screen yeah. when you said Robert Woods. So I know she's got something to say on this one. Because he was almost my dark horse, but I didn't think he was dark enough still. But <laughs> oh, let me just unbelievable. I can never <laughs> win. I can never. Yeah, what do you want? No, uh, to, you guys want me to get I a 15th rounder? I know. I love Robert Woods. And the reason why I love Robert Woods so much is if you, he's so consistent. Like you said, he's on the field all the time, all the time. If you look at his snap count percentages, they're just either like 80 to 99. He is always there. And some interesting, you know, rework of their offense that the Rams did is they started phasing out Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks after their bye week. So you have eight weeks in the beginning and then you have eight weeks at the end. And Robert Woods was okay in the beginning because they were playing the 11 personnel. Mm -hmm. So that is the one tight end. Cooper Cup was more involved. Well, then they did this transition to the 12 personnel. So the 12 personnel involved a two tight end split, which was Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, and Robert Woods. Cooper Cup was not on the field that often. He had several games where he was on the 20% snap count. And the only reason why he's even a wide receiver one, despite their stats are almost identical, except for touchdowns, is the touchdowns. So even though Cooper Cup still got five touchdowns in the last eight weeks of the season, he only finished as a top wide receiver, I think, once. And then he was uh, wide receiver 13 once. Other than that, he was wide receiver 26 or worse mm -hmm. in that 12 personnel system. So if the Rams, since they phased out Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks and stuck with 12 personnel, guess who's gone? Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks. It looks like they may start leaning more towards that 12 personnel offense, which means high Robert Woods because Robert Woods finished as I have it right here. He finished. Oh, I actually don't have Cooper Cup because I was talking about how he's going to be a bust. <laughs> Much better in the second half of the season than he did in the first half of the season. And it's about the consistencies, especially in PPR. I just love Robert Woods, and I don't think he gets enough love. Because everyone's yeah, like, I Cooper mean, Cup, touchdowns. And it's like, you see the last eight weeks? He barely even finished as a top 12. Barely. 
The consistency is off the charts for Robert Woods. We've been talking about it all offseason. I love that you brought up snap share, 92.9% snap share. That's 14th best in the league. I also like that you brought up the red zone, right? The whole idea is that Cooper Cup is the red zone guy, but actually seven red zone receptions for Robert Woods, that's 25th best in the league, and he just didn't convert on those, wasn't able to get a lot of those uh, touchdowns that he normally could have an upside to get. So I really love the the take on Robert Woods because his floor is great. He's going to be top. 15 we know that but as far as like being able to hit the ceiling in this offense he definitely could he could he could he could take over as the sole guy and everyone's drafting cooper cup because of his touchdowns if they do a 12 personnel and let's say cooper cup gets his touchdowns it won't matter he's still not going to finish well he's going to be touchdown dependent which nobody likes but he's not going to get those plays the playing time the action he's not going to be able to see enough production to even make a touchdown worth a start that's going to be oh man he's going to touch on my bench oh well he only got eight points i mean that's what people are ignoring when you're looking at the whole offense of the rams you know as a whole that's so redundant but when you look at their offense as a whole that's what worries me now watch him blow up because i said this <laughs> yeah, that could happen. Well, look, I think Johnny redeemed himself with the dark horse this week. My guy, uh, stepmom Lauren, kind of mentioned him a little bit. DK Metcalf. I'm I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of DK Metcalf. Last year, look, he's got all the makings as that big alpha wide receiver, six foot three, two hundred twenty eight pounds. He plays with an elite down the field thrower, who's maybe the best scrambler we've ever seen in Russell Wilson. Like this guy loves to extend plays. He can get the ball down the field on a dime. Uh, look, last year Metcalf had twenty point three target market share as a rookie, seven total touchdowns, and all of this when Seattle was bottom 10 in pass attempts. I could actually see that positive regression go a little bit up for Seattle this year based on a couple things. Wilson's comments in February, he was saying, we've always been really good in those end of the half, those not always hurry up situations, but those up-tempo situations and moments. I think freedom of just going after it and scoring as many points, that's what he's like. He's like really Pitch, pitching for that with Pete Carroll. He want, he's saying, hey, let let me you know take over this offense and score as much as we want to. He's got the receiving core to do it now, and that starts, in my mind, uh, talent-wise with DK Metcalf. We know that line has issues. It's had issues for years. Russell Wilson erases a lot of those issues. We've got Penny dinged up. We've got Carson coming off the hip. He's already a violent rusher, and then you've got Hyde on his 40th team so far. I just don't <laughs> know if you can actually bank on that running game as much, Sounds and you like might actually— <laughs> yeah, Greg Olson too. Yeah, so I just think that there is just a, a nice path here for actually Seattle to throw more than we've seen in the last few years, and that's what I think DK Metcalf could. You know, Pete Carroll's hand could be forced here, and you could see the Seattle ratcheting it up and having to throw. And I think DK Metcalf is the big winner in that situation as the big play guy, getting down the field and just being that dominant presence for them. I I do want to say like I. I think that if that were to happen, like I, I think everyone, every fantasy owner and probably football fan really does want to see uh, Russell Wilson unleashed to the full extent. Uh, and yeah, if they do that, look out because DK and I've said this a, a lot and, you know, people will knock him for his his draft, um, how he did in, in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, but at I and I and I'll come up with the same argument. I don't care anymore. Like that was just one day. Uh, uh, You're talking you know, about that three cone drill yeah, and his, his route yeah, mechanics and, and things and like that. Exactly. Yeah. And they want to say, oh, he's not like uh, he's not a versatile wide receiver. It does like 
you don't have to be a versatile wide receiver if your coach knows exactly how to use you and put you in the right place to succeed. Like it, you don't have to know how to write, run all nine all, all nine routes if you're really good at two of them and you can't be stopped at the two like and your coach knows how to get you open on those two routes like okay like sign me up for that dk is a a, a physical freak that will continue to uh, evolve in this game and like listen to the, like the other thing too people act like guys don't get better in the off season like people can't work at running routes better at, at studying game film on and knowing, okay, I can, I should do this when I'm running against a guy. Like people act like just because what they did when they were 21 years old is exactly what they're going to be for the rest of their career. And that's the or other even part just, of like, it. Why are we like, why are we putting so much weight in these drills? Like he's got a great quarterback. He's shown chemistry with that quarterback. It's time to start looking at the stuff we've seen actually on the field uh, doing that thing there. So for me, DK, in the fifth round, I love it. Chelsea, did we sell you on any of our dark horses, or are you you have somebody else in mind you wanted to bring to the you light here? I love the DK Metcalf dark horse. I was somebody who was able to get him in the 14th or 15th round last year as a rookie. Oh, oh humble him. brag over here, 13th or 14th <laughs> round in Dynasty. Why not? You be quiet, Jackie. So that's why you should listen to my dark horse this year. And I yeah. mean, I don't really need to say it. The guy's been on Twitter saying it this week. But I just want to give a little love to Keenan Allen. I mean, hey, I think his hey. Twitter blow up after seeing himself place number 77 on NFL's top 100 wide receivers. I mean, he called it out. He thinks he's better than Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, all guys that are going, you know, top 10 wide receivers. And look, the stats CBS Sports shared. I think it's really paints a picture why maybe Keenan Allen isn't getting the love. And I think he at least wants to see himself end up top you know, one wide receiver after all of this, but 303 receptions to Mike Evans, 224. And this is in three years of stats, 370 or 3,788 receiving yards to Mike Evans, 3,600. So just over a hundred more receiving yards than Mike Evans, 18 touchdowns to 21. So sure. Three fewer touchdowns, fine. But he has a 68.2% catch percentage to Mike Evans, 57. So everything here in the CBS sports uh, stats they they dropped shows that Keenan Allen is, in fact, the better one. So I know, of course, it comes down to the scenario, who's throwing them. We got Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball to Keenan Allen for the first time this year. But hell, I think the guy wants it, so I'll give it to him. He's my dark horse. I love that. For those dump off receiving passes from Tyrod or whoever it is going to be, the quarterback who, who the heck knows, but he is he's poised to be that guy. Like, help me to take yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's I think he is poised, especially in PPR, to make a huge, huge comeback. I love Keenan Allen. That was I love a- the comparison to Mike Evans. Sorry, Johnny. I love the comparison to Mike Evans because when you look at Mike Evans, he's got six straight years of a thousand yards. So he's like actually consistency wise is the guy you look to in the wide receiver realm because he's done it at a really a, a Hall of Fame rate. But Keenan Allen saying, look, I started my career with a lot of unlucky injuries. Okay, I had a lot of things going against me, and now here I am over the last three years better than your guys' cream of the crop as far as consistency is concerned. So I really like the case he's making for himself. We'll say the one thing is the quarterback position, but as stepmom Lauren was saying, like you, you've got a guy that's built for you know the safety net for these quarterbacks, no matter who it is. Hey, and like let's not let's not pretend like Tyrod Taylor didn't let Sammy Watkins produce a top five season under him. So like, it's definitely a possibility. It was years ago, but it's definitely a possibility. And that was also the last time Sammy Watkins was good. So, 
So we got these dark horses. They've all have great ADP uh, based on what we, we were talking, all four of these guys. But we want to talk a little bit about, and look, it's a deep year. It was actually hard to find some of these guys uh, that you didn't like based on their ADP. But we want to talk about guys at the wide receiver position that are the worst values because of their ADP right now. Guys you're staying away from. Um, so, Johnny, who, who's a guy that like you looked at the ADP and you said, you know what, not for me. Uh, I'm not going to do this this year. Well, this one will be nice, uh, short, simple, sweet, um, because if you noticed in the last segment, I, I, I was pretty quiet uh, when Stepmom Lauren started uh, doing her rant on Cooper Cup. And you could basically take that uh, segment and just paste it right here um, because she did such a great job. And it's it's definitely Cooper Cup. And the one at, like she she listed off a million reasons why you shouldn't draft Cooper Cup where you're drafting Cooper Cup and I completely agree but I'm going to add just one more reason on top of there and make it a million and one so that way Whisper Nation definitely does not take Cooper Cup and I'm going to try to persuade Travis off of Cooper Cup because I know he's a fan but the last thing I'll add because all the stats were great on uh from Stepmom Lauren the last thing I'll say I have been a huge uh, advocate uh, for a very injury-prone wide receiver. And who, normally, I'm I, I'm not. I kind of stay away from injury-prone wide receivers and stuff like that. But I this year, it just Will Fuller screams like an absolute screaming value to me because I I do think that he could have been the answer to my uh, dark, dark horse number one. Uh, to be honest with you, but I talked about him so much that I didn't want to do that. Uh, I want to bring some fresh new content. Yeah. Um, But here's, (laughs) here's the big thing. Everyone, when we said that everyone said, well, why would you do that? He's an injury risk. Like you're going to have him for five games and then he's going to get injured. Oh my gosh. Hello. Have we not looked at Cooper cup over the last few years? Dude cannot stay healthy. He has not played all the, uh, 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 a full season at all. He's had ACL injuries, just like Will Fuller. He's had concussion issues, which luckily Will Fuller to my extent, or to my knowledge, hasn't had a concussion. Um, and then you, so you look at where, uh, the injury risk, uh, if you look at pro football focus, injury risk, uh, assessor on there, as well as our risk assessor, Cooper Cup's risk assessor is at 54%, and Will Fuller's at 63%. So it's a 9% difference, and yet Cooper Cup is going in the third round ADP, and Will Fuller's going in the eighth, and people are like, why would you take an eighth-round pick on Will Fuller? But yet they just ignore that fact when it comes to Cooper Cup. It's unbelievable. I have to, I can't believe it. I can't stand for it anymore. I got to I gotta make my no, uh, my argument known and my voice heard. No more Cooper Cup. I think Whisper Nation knows you hate Cooper Cup, so we'll just we'll just let that be known. It's there. It's it's written in stone. It is known. You have spoken. But Stepmom Lauren, we were talking about you know these dark horses and how many guys you liked. Are there anybody you're picking out? You know, maybe it was Cooper Cup. We talked about the difference, but some some of the guys that you're looking at their value and just saying, mm, kind of saying, no, not not today. Yeah, there's one I hate to say it because I hope I'm wrong, but OBJ. Oh, whoa. I, know. I know. almost right. picked OBJ for a league winner. So this one's wow. Right. Yeah, let's let me hear it. Yeah, that's why it's so hard to really commit to that. So that's not really my answer. Uh, okay. It's hard to commit oh, to it's it false. She was teasing us. 
He, I, I am. He does have the opportunity. He has the talent. I mean, and plus he's going to be healthy this year, fingers crossed. So, I mean, a, a lot, that's going to be maybe someone's popular idea, maybe not on this platform, but I've heard it thrown around like, oh, I can't believe you're going after OBJ in the third. I'm like, he's an elite wide receiver going in the third. I mean, yeah. I understand it's Baker Mayfield. Like, I get it, but the opportunity is still there. Right. Uh, my main one is Cooper Cup, only because of, you know, not only, but because of the reasons we mentioned before. Johnny, thank you for adding a million and one for me there. <laughs> Another one I will throw out um, is going to be Calvin Ridley. Oh, um, whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's hear this. No, it's not Calvin Ridley. Who was it that I was thinking of? <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I had it right here in front of me and now it's not there. Anyway. Oh, no. I'll just stick with Cooper Cup. Right. Yeah, that's else. Cooper Cups. Look, I think that's a popular opinion. There's, It's tough. Like, we're looking at all these guys. No, and it was Calvin they're... Ridley. It was Calvin oh. Only because of him. She's back. She's back. Only because yeah. of Okay, so you Tug think that Hayden Hurst will pull from Calvin Ridley's upside? And look, if we're talking about injury, it will. I think Calvin Ridley's another injury risk too. Yeah, I think it caps his upside. Um, I love Hayden Hurst as a you know someone who is going to blossom as the season goes once he gets his feet underneath him in that offense. Um, I I think it just diminishes his volume just a little bit. So a lot of people were really high on him, like before the Hayden Hurst move. Um, it was like you know this is going to be Calvin Ridley's breakout. It still may be. I'm just not sure in the fourth round if that's really where I want to spend my fourth round pick on Calvin Ridley as opposed to looking at other positions. So if you were going a little later, maybe fifth or sixth, it would be a little bit more enticing for me. Uh, but my main one, guys, is really going to be Cooper Cup. That's it. I mean, just but I yeah, listen, kind of I, I think we've <laughs> we've got plenty of, of of talk on Cooper, but I do want to talk about another Cooper. Amari Cooper is my guy that I am trying to fade here. And I just think it's not really about Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper's fine. I think he'll end up with good numbers. We've talked about his about in- Amari Cooper. There's yeah. There's a reason why footballers call I, it Yeah. Cooped, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's what it's, we No, it's really for me, it's more about Cooper versus Gallup. They had very similar numbers mm-hmm. here. Okay. We're talking about Cooper ended up as the wide receiver 10. And Gallup ended up as number 23, but Cooper had 119 targets, 79 receptions, nearly 1,200 yards, and eight touchdowns. Then you look at Gallup, 112 targets, 66 receptions, 1,107 yards, and six touchdowns. Gallup missed two games, though. They have identical points per game uh, as fantasy points per game at 10.5. Gallup is screaming value here as a guy that can look. I think even people want to talk about CD lamb. Well, you know, uh, I think uh, uh, Randall Cobb had like 80 targets last year. Those are vacated. So there's room for CD lamb to come in and not take from these other two guys. We're talking about a Mike McCarthy offense. Kellen Moore still calling plays. Continuity's there, but Mike McCarthy has always been about pushing to the wide receivers in his uh, past with Green Bay and even in San Francisco. So for me, uh, fade Amari Cooper. You could get other value there, and you could get a guy in Michael Gallup who has just as good a shot to end up the lead wide receiver in Dallas, in my opinion, as Amari Cooper, especially with Amari Cooper's injury history, too. We're looking at that, his own inconsistencies at the position. I just think that Gallup is way the way better value here, and so it's easier for me to fade Cooper. Agreed. All right, Chels, did you have anybody you're looking at that just kind of made you say, no, boy, bye, see you later? Yeah, you know, I was actually uh, unpacking and had somebody walking down the street speaking really loudly on the phone about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was like, I just don't understand how they're going to do it with all these receivers. <laughs> and 
I've been really thinking about it, and I sort of mentioned it in this last one, but how Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, I mean, it's such a crowded uh, amount of people. We still have O.J. Howard in the tight end role, Rob Gronkowski coming in as Tom Brady's, you know, beloved. I just don't understand how these two wide receivers and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans going back to back. And, you know, we mentioned this in our July's top 24 wide receiver ADP episode. Um, but I, it just kind of scares me. I don't want to touch either of them. I don't know how either of them can return on that value when they're both going side by side within the top 10. I think within the top seven wide receivers. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I actually. I'll tell you how. It's uh. It's that uh, Tom Brady is going to throw for forty plus touchdowns. That's how. Well, I I think I get it. I get the upside of this offense, and we you know Father Time could be right around the corner. We could finally say that Tom Brady is done here. Um, been but that for like five years now. We've been trying to say it, and it doesn't work. So I I I fear to say it, but I really like this point that. Chelsea's made Sigmund Bloom actually brought this up. Shout out to Sigmund Bloom at football guys. Uh, he brought this up too. It's like, are we just a little too high on both of these guys? Is there a right answer or should we just say maybe just skip both and get a different wide receiver? Because really the downside is that one of these guys isn't going to be the guy or the downside is they both just kind of share the load as a true number one. And you could actually get a real number one within that same range. And so for, I love that Chelsea brought this up. It's not a popular opinion. We love the talent of Mike Evans. We love the talent of Chris Godwin. They're both uber talented, but maybe this is an offense that doesn't throw as much because they don't need to. You know, maybe it's a more efficient offense. It doesn't, I mean, last year, Jameis Winston was the highest rated, like highest uh, voluminous passer in the league. He threw for the most yards. So like, is is Brady going to need to do that? I I don't think so this year. I don't think he's going to need to do that. They've also huh. increased the offense or increased the defense. So I think there's just an opportunity that this offense is more efficient. It doesn't need to throw as much. I I think it's it's worth noting. I I would disagree with. Do they need to pass that much? Like it, it's ba. Like it doesn't matter. I I it it doesn't matter if you're up thirty five to ten. Like ba is going to be like I'm going to. I'm going to keep throwing because I'm going to show you how Name good we are. Name me a quarterback that is as smart as Tom Brady that B.A.'s had. I know uh, he's had Carson, great Carson Palmer, and I know you're going to say that he's not a smart no, quarterback. What? Carson Palmer was Precision extremely – Yes. Yeah. Go, you're go an Arizona at, Cardinals fan. I know why you're saying Carson Palmer is as good as Tom Brady. No, no, no. I'm not Jesus, saying – No, come I'm back, not – Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I didn't say me. he was as good as Tom – I said – You said mentally as you smart. You said as smart. As, yes. Tom, you – Okay, so you're saying – Tom to come Brady, back to Earth. You think Tom Brady is the smartest football player we've ever seen at the quarterback position? Because I'll say Ryan Fitzmagic is smarter than uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is smarter than Tom Brady. So, like, it does. I don't care about smarts on Harvard. Like, yeah, he's I'm saying he's, football IQ. I'm not saying real IQ, bro. Oh my gosh, I'm saying it, on the field, unbelievable. <laughs> I, if they had, if if Keyshawn Vaughn can be a guy, you know, better than what Tampa Bay has seen in their run game, I would definitely buy that they won't need to throw as much, maybe a little bit less, like you were saying about efficiency, because Tom Brady is a very efficient, veteran, smart quarterback. It just goes against the intrinsic DNA that is Bruce Arians and his kind of offense. So I don't know. And what are they going to do? Be like, let's give it to our featured back. Ronald Jones the second. No, we're gonna be like, let's throw it and get another touchdown. I mean, that's that's kind of how I see it. I think if there is going to be decreased volume, it's going to be a little bit. But if you're not, if you don't buy into the Tampa Bay offense, if you're kind of like, well, let's just get both of them together, and you are kind of eyeballing 
you know, Chris Godwin. Don't forget about Kenny Galladay in Detroit with Matt Stafford back. Oh, I love Kenny G. I love Kenny Galladay. So that's someone Um, you can target if you're not so sure about Tampa. Yeah, I have done that in a few mocks to just skip the Tampa Bay wide receivers and pick Kenny G because the upside of him being a number one wide receiver is is through the roof there because of Stafford. So I love that take. All right, so we're moving on here, and we're talking rookie wide receivers, a couple rookie wide receivers. Now, the common theme, especially with this draft, is, look, we've got a bunch of new toys. We've got a bunch of new rookie wide receivers. Are they going to make a difference? And COVID offseason gets you thinking, I don't know. Like, are they going to get the reps they need? But there are two guys that we really need to talk about here in Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs, who are both lined up to get a lot of volume within their offense. They're especially uh, Rager because of the the history with this Philly wide receiving core. So I just wanted to ask, are people sleeping on Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs? Johnny, why don't you take this first and what and what your thoughts are on Jalen Rager? Uh, I love both of these wide receivers. I'm, I am a huge fan of Rieger this year. Um, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily on his uh, bandwagon right now because, one, they didn't see a lot of, of his games uh, because of he went to TCU. Uh, he didn't also make um, – you know, a lot of lists because his quarterback play was super inconsistent. So it didn't give him, you know, consistent numbers all throughout college, which diminished, you know, his value as far as whether his name is, is a well-known guy like Justin Jefferson or, or some of these other guys. But I'm telling you, Rieger is the real deal. This guy is a field stretcher. They, they want him. There was a reason why they passed on Justin Jefferson Let's remember that like they passed on Jeff and Justin Jefferson to get this guy because it's it's uh, Doug Peterson. He knows how he likes to use these gadget wide receivers, these field stretchers. And I, I, I know he has a plan for him. And, you know, talk about wide receivers having an opportunity. Look around him like Philly. We're talking about Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver core who every single year seems to be just pulling guys by the end of the season off the street because they don't have anyone else in their wide receiver class or wide receiver room because they're all injured. Like give this guy he's he's going to be tailored to, to Carson Wentz, who people are still undervaluing like this guy is a great quarterback. He'll get the ball to Rieger. That's all he needs to do. You just got to get the ball to this guy and he'll make things happen. He's going to be like Tyreek Hill. He's a screaming value. Wide receiver 50, come on. Like he's going to give you weeks where he's going to definitely be a flex option for you for sure. I'm not saying he's going to be a league winner. I'm not going to say he's going to be an every week RB2, although, uh, or wide receiver two, although I, that is an upside. Uh, but he definitely is going to give you weeks where he can win you the week because he has that upside of, of a 50 yard touchdown. And is Alshon wide... Jeffrey still hurt? He is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is Deshaun Jackson still questionable? He may not be. <laughs> and Mark, <laughs> yeah. and Mark yeah. Goodwin just opted out of the season, right? Another wide receiver is Mark part of Goodwin the Philadelphia core. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, besides Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, I mean, you got to have someone else again. Yeah, there's so just I, a I, lot I, of things to be excited about here, right? Like, he's super fast. We're going to talk about Henry Ruggs, who was clocked as the official fastest in the draft. But then afterwards, Jalen Rager went and did his own unofficial timing with a couple stopwatches and showed that he actually beat that 40 time. So we're talking about Jalen Rager being maybe even faster than Henry Ruggs. Depends on what day you get him, I guess. <laughs> but I think, you know, he's the wide, rec- wide receiver 50 coming off the board in the 12th round. I mean, come on. Like, that's ridiculous. He's going to have weekly flex upside and weak winning upside if he does 
does end up getting 10 targets in that offense. I mean, look at Deshaun Jackson week one last last year. 10 targets, hundred almost 150 look, yards and look two at touchdowns. De, look, like at Deshaun, look at Deshaun Jackson week one of any year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, well, that's, that's true. Of, but I, yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is Adam Kaplan from NFL Network said that he predicts that Jalen will not only lead them in targets, but also in receptions, but also in snaps. He thinks that just because of the way this wide receiver core is shaking out, there's no way Rager doesn't see the field a ton, even as a rookie. And I think that's the, the main thing here. And I think that's kind of the point uh, that we want to make with Henry Ruggs. So with Henry Ruggs, do you are you fading him or do you like the opportunity he's got, Stepmom Lauren? Eh, he doesn't <laughs> excite me as much as I know that's just meh. That's all I got. <laughs> he doesn't excite me. Excite me. It's something about Raiders players, right? <laughs> Jalen Rager. I know. I just. I. Mm, I just. I can't. I'm like. Mm, I again. I don't even have words to describe why I do or don't like him. I'm just meh. But you know. A, a rookie wide receiver and i'm not big on rookie wide receivers you guys know that about me i'm just kind of like mm, nah, i'll wait and see um i think we are sleeping on denzel mims of the jets that is someone mm, i think we interesting should definitely okay keep an eye out there are i think they have the third most vacated targets in the nfl with 183 uh they did not add any kind of elite talent to take Whoa, over don't tell that to austin brashad perryman is elite I, to austin what I mean. the big the big name i love brashad perryman he just crushed it in tampa and i i'm excited for him in yeah. new york yeah but if you think about it it's, it wasn't like a big big name that we're like mm. oh you know He's a veteran for sure. He's not going to demand targets. I mean, and they'll both be vying That's for Darnold's attention. Exactly. So, you know, and then that leaves more. They added Frank Gore, leaves more options for Le'Veon Bell to get involved in the passing game. Robbie Anderson is gone. Demaryius Thomas is gone. Two other running backs are gone as well. Granted, that wasn't very much, but still a lot available. And Denzel Mims is, is talented. So I don't. I would actually say I think people are sleeping on Mims as opposed to Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs because I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't heard a lot of talk about him, but I think he can be pretty successful in uh, in the offense which is rare for me to say about a rookie wide receiver because I usually stay away from them at all costs. Talk about yeah. Jamal Adams getting traded. Like, could the Jets throw even more because that defense is even worse? Like, could they end up throwing even more than they did last year? Like, it's we could have a situation like that. He doesn't go make out with any more 16-year-olds and get money. <laughs> right. The only concern I have with Mims was I was super high on Mims coming out, uh, but then um, they, the – Podfather actually did a nice piece on him uh, where he had talked about or, or he had a guest on and excuse me, I don't remember who the guest was, but uh, they were saying how uh, they were hearing from uh, scouts and GMs that the reason why Mims kind of fell further than a lot of people expected because coming in, he was like one of the top you know, three to five wide receivers uh, was because he struggled in um, the uh, senior bowl. And that's often when you kind of, you have the elite of the elite talent. And so that's when uh, GMs and scouts really try to look for those guys who are still breaking out with the elite of the elite talent. And apparently he struggled there. So that's a little bit of a concern. And um, there was also a concern that uh, the position that he was put in um, he kind of exceeded expectations, uh, according to a coach, uh, coaching staff rumors and stuff. Now, whether or not that's actual true, I, you know, that's here. That's, you know, whisper nation can make up their mind. I definitely, I really liked Mims coming out of college. I will say that, um, he is tape looked phenomenal. So 
Mm-hmm. So what about Henry Ruggs, Johnny? Do you have an opinion on Henry Ruggs and what, where you think – do you think he's being slept on as well? Oh, I've got an opinion on every single wide receiver uh, and every single <laughs> fantasy Jeez. player. Uh, maybe so, I shouldn't have even yeah, – maybe you shouldn't. I should not have but, opened uh, that yeah. up. But How I, long have we known each other? Of course <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think that Ruggs um, – now, I understand Stepmom Lauren's uh, argument and uh, about rookie wide receivers. And normally, like, yeah, I'm on that same boat as well for rookie wide receivers. Like, I'm not touching uh, Jerry Judy. I'm not touching uh, CeeDee Lamb because their ADP is too, um, too much for me. But telling me that you're going to spend – you're trying to get the f- wide receiver 46 or uh, in, in Ruggs or wide receiver 50 – uh, in in Rieger and even in that same round, Mikael Hardman. There were three speedster uh, guys on in that round, and I love grabbing one, two, or two of those guys uh, as a strategy because we've seen. I mean, Mikael Hardman had flex appeal throughout last season. Like you put, it, these are good offenses. I know people are gonna like laugh at me and say, "Oh, you really think that uh, the Las Vegas Raiders?" Uh, um, offense is a good offense like get out of here well I will say that Derek Carr with a uh, you know put together wide receiver core after AB like left him at the dance you know at midnight with no shoes um, they put together quite a nice offense and Derek Carr actually passed for the most passing yards he's ever passed for in his career so um, you get him actual weapons which they did in this draft and one of those guys is 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 rugs he's gonna go on the outside he has that home run ability they're gonna get him the ball they want to use him like a b i believe so why not a 12th round come on you could do much worse than than taking a a a stab at a 12th round Riggs, in my opinion you guys remember hard knocks with a b and john gruden how excited he was to have a b for that offense said it was just going to take their offense to the next level they didn't you know, he backed that excitement up by drafting Henry Ruggs as the first wide receiver off the board this year. And for all the talk about Gruden being out of the league too long and not knowing, this offense was sneaky good last year. It produced, at least for fantasy, in a lot of ways. You talked about Derek Carr throwing for 4,055 yards. That was the eighth most in the NFL. So you could talk about Carr's inefficiency. You could talk about Gruden all you want. But the numbers are there to back up that there's some volume here to take advantage of. And like you said, at wide receiver 46, why not? All right, so in news lately... Uh, Raheem Mostert's been all over the place. First, he was saying he needed a new contract. Then he got the contract. He talked to some people. Everything seems to be settled as far as we know now who the running backs are going to be in in San Francisco. But what I wanted to ask you, Stepmom Lauren, is Raheem Mostert worth the risk to draft this year after what we've seen in this uh, backfield, after what we've seen from Shanahan, his ability to use all these backs? Are you taking a stab at Raheem Mostert? Yes, I am not hesitating to do so. I'm very excited about Raheem Mostert this year, especially with Matt Breda in Miami. So uh, I like it. I like Raheem Mostert a lot. He showed explosive ability. Um, Very exciting. I I want him on my team, especially in PPR formats. Gimme, gimme. I'm not worried about it. And if it blows up in my face, who cares? It's fantasy football. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously. I'd rather take the risk for the upside than kick myself for not taking him. Yeah, I mean, I love that you brought it up, like the risk here. We've talked about before how good San Francisco's rushing offense is, how you want to try and invest in this rushing offense. He had 6.0 yards per carry uh, in his career so far. He's averaged 13 touches per game over the final five last year. Matt Breda leaves. You mentioned that. That's vacating 150 touches in this offense. So as much as you want to talk, yeah, 150 touches. Even if he gets half of those, you're really excited about that based on what he was already doing last year. 
Yeah, so that that's my big thing with Mostert. I think obviously you're talking. Oh, you know, Johnny's Johnny's made a good point. You do want to invest in this backfield. He said before, like maybe you just wait and get Tevin Coleman, who has a good shot at getting some of those 150 touches too. But I think the the goal here, right, Johnny, is to invest in this offense. What is your thought on Raheem Mostert though, and specifically? So when when I first saw this question, I won't lie to you. I wrote and giant no. An exclamation point. Um, but then I looked up his ADP, and it has slipped because of the the news, and I don't know if the ADP has caught back up. But as of right now, as of the recording of the show, he is RB26 coming off at the 606. At that, at that ADP, sign me up. Yes, I am okay with that. And uh, one major reason is I would be a complete hypocrite on this show if I said don't take him at that value because I was screaming to get Tevin Coleman at that value last year. Um, Did it work out? No, it didn't for Tevin Coleman. But at this value, I'm okay. This is where I will say though, if his value starts to creep up uh, and get back to where it was, which was in the early fourth round, I will scream no once more. I will say don't do it because the risk is too great for me. If you go back to the last five years of Kyle Shanahan and his offense, there has only been two years where if you took the very first running back off the board, you were happy. And that was Devonta Freeman in 2016 and Carlos Hyde in 2017. Other than those two years, if you took the very first running back off off the board, you would have been vastly disappointed. And it's not like, oh, they, you know, finish a couple spots. You're looking at Tevin Coleman, RB77, when you gra- drafted him first uh, in two- 2018. If you took t- uh, uh, McKinnon in the third round, he got injured. You got Burita in the in the 11th round. He finished as running back 25. And then even last year, Tevin Coleman, like I said, you got him in the fifth round, late fifth round. He finished as the RB 35. Mostert, we've been uh, you know saying how much he's awesome and what he did at the end. Of it, he finished as RB 27, even though he only played like half the season. So and Burita uh, was coming off the board at 801 last year. So if you got him as the second, so. Um, if it stays at this value, yes, grab grab him. I like it. Yeah, I think you can even invest in Tevin Coleman because he's going on in the tenth round right now. Um, I think you could even take a stab at McKinnon. Like if you yeah. miss at both of these guys, take a stab at McKinnon late too because they're saying he's healthier. They're saying uh, that he's got a shot to kind of bounce back. And you, like we said, I think you just want a piece of uh, this backfield to try and get maximize on that upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, all right, so. Yeah. We're moving on to one of our favorite new topics, Keep Trade Cut, presented by Chelsea. She is going to bring in a few uh, options for us here, and then Stepmom Lauren, Johnny, and I will decide what we're going to do. Keep Trade Cut. Chelsea, take it away. All right. So for uh, this first one, and because it's been on my mind, I'm really interested to hear about how you consider the three uh, leading receivers in Tom Brady's backfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and OJ Howard. Keep Trade Cut. Who's it going to be? That mom, Lauren, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm going to keep Chris Godwin. I'm going to trade Mike Evans, and I'm going mm-hmm. to cut OJ Howard with the my foot on his butt as I kick him out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think stepmom Lauren's like me last year, where we just loved OJ Howard so much, and he hurt us so bad. Oh, I didn't uh, care about OJ yeah. Howard last year either. That was oh so well. Cool. 
There, she's always that, wanted to cut him. Actually, don't look at that. <laughs> 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 yeah, don't look at the other stepmom, Lauren. Yeah. Well, look, stepmom Lauren got serious here. She put her hair up. She said, oh, "Look, I'm I'm going after this keep trade cut." So, Johnny, what do you got for me? Uh, I would agree with stepmom Lauren. I would be keeping Chris Godwin. Uh, listen, I understand. Um, the concerns with Tom Brady, father time, all of that. But then if you look at the position that Godwin plays, he plays that slot Julian Edelman kind of role. We've seen that connection many, many years. Uh, and, you know, and, and then we know Chris Godwin is also playing the Larry Fitzgerald role, which stays on the field. So uh, I, I have a, a lot of confidence in Chris Godwin this year. So I will take him. I don't have as much in Mike Evans, even though he's a great talent. So that's why I would trade him because he, he would get me name value and he'd get me a lot back. And then, yeah, I would come but O.J. Howard, uh, I really wish the guy the best. I really do. But unfortunately, I think it's on Tampa Bay. It's it's done for. He needs to go to He's another not team. sick, man. He's a talented tight end. It's, it's not going to happen on Tampa Bay. Getting somewhere else. Free O.J. Howard from yep. the show. Yes, free O.J. Yeah. Howard. I agree with both of you. I don't have anything to add there. Great takes. Chelsea, what's number two? All right. So for the next two, I actually just ran a mock draft this morning. Got up 5.45 a.m., ran a whole mock draft on Sleeper. Can't get enough. I can't. And I wanted to look at a couple different scenarios that you may find yourself in. So in this mock draft this morning, the third overall pick, third uh, picked Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, and James Conner. So in that third spot, this person had all three of these running backs fall to them. Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, James Conner. And I want to hear who you'd keep trade and cut if this was your team. Oh. The Steelers just brought in uh, Wendell Smallwood. So if they're bringing in Wendell Smallwood with Mm. Jalen Samuel, Benny Snell, and James Conner, that worries me for James Conner because of his cancer history with COVID. So he may be discussing opting out. So I am going to avoid James Conner until I know more information. Um, when it comes to Dalvin Cook, I would I mean, so this keep trade cut, right? So I'm gonna cut James Conner. Um I would draft Carson here, but you know what? No, I'm gonna draft Dalvin Cook and then I'm gonna waste another draft spot to go ahead and pick up Alexander Madison, who has standalone value on his own. But if you draft Dalvin Cook here, I think you need to be prepared to reach for um Madison. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So you're you're talking about trading Carson away, but keeping Cook in the in the event that you're gonna draft Madison to hedge your now bet. that you say it out loud, it sounds dumb and I don't wanna do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be but clear, that, that this is what you said. Yeah. I, know, I know. I think that would be my mentality of, of where it is. So I think I think maybe I'll go with um, Trey Dalvin because of all the extra work I'd have to do. Keep Carson, Trey Dalvin, cut James Conner. Final answer. Bing. Yeah, I would agree with stepmom Lauren here, and that's because Cook's value is one of the highest it's ever been. You actually get a lot of value here for Cook. I mean, obviously, we've got a little bit of hindrance with the lockout, but it sounds like we're getting like seven different reports. He's saying he's going to come back. He's not going to come back. I don't know. I don't think he's got enough leverage to sit out unless he opts out for COVID reasons. So for me, his value super high. Trade Dalvin Cook. Keep, uh, you know, Chris Carson. He's in that rush-heavy offense we talked about at the top of the show. And then, yeah, obviously, I'm cutting James Conner, who I love. Look, James Conner is my bromance. If this season was a normal season, if he's going after it, 
I love it. He's put in the work, and we know Tomlin's a one running back guy if that running back is healthy. But in this situation, you know, Stephon Moore made a really great case about the COVID offseason and, and yeah. James Conner. They, they also have McFarland too yeah. in that running back. Yeah, yeah but he's yeah. he's he's yeah. a backup to yeah. even Benny Snell. Uh, uh, so yeah, I don't really. Yeah, Travis. Tra- that's a that's a bad uh, name to bring up around Travis. He gets bitter because he doesn't want it to be happening. But it is. Oh, yeah, uh, whatever. I will. I will say that both uh, my colleagues here are correct in their answers. Um, but I will, with a slight variation of. I am on that. Give me the Chris Carson train. Like, let's go. This guy was almost one of my league winners, uh, you know, for shadow. Like I, I, if it were just Travis, I on this episode, Chris Carson would have been on this episode. Cause I would have uh, snuck him on here. But since there's more, uh, I, I left him off, but I love Chris Carson this year. So yes, give me Chris Carson trade Dalvin and, uh, cut honor. All right. Last one. Uh, so this was in the fifth spot of the draft, looking at the sixth, seventh, eighth rounds. And Julian Edelman, Austin Hooper, and Matt Breda were all on my team. And I was like, well, I don't need all these guys. But who do I keep around? Who do I trade? Who do I cut? Say, say it one more time, Chelsea. Yep. Julian Edelman, Austin Hooper, and Matt Breda. Okay. And I love this because it was so different. They're different positions, but they're all in the same like weird mashup. Am I wasting my value? Am I going to get the return on values? There's something else I can do here. So I just wanted to hear you talk about this weird cluster. Okay, I can go first. Stepmom, Lauren. Yeah, get it. Okay, This is going to be so hard, but I'm going to keep Matt Breida. I'm going to trade Julian Edelman. And I'm going to cut Austin Hooper. And the reason why I'm cutting Austin Hooper is because he no longer plays for the Falcons. He is in, you want to talk about too many mouths to feed? That's the Cleveland Browns. And it's Baker Mayfield trying to feed people with a toothpick. It's not going to happen. So I don't, I don't care for Austin Hooper. So I think he's going, I think he's way overvalued. So I'm going to get rid of him. And then um, it, it is a toss up between Julian Edelman and Matt Breda. I just really like Matt Breida's explosiveness in a new newish Miami offense with Jordan Howard. He has the pass catching identity. Jordan Howard has the line of scrimmage identity, and I, I know what to expect from him. And I'll be able to plug him into my flex based on a matchup. You know, I, I know what I'm going to do with him, and I'll just be disappointed if the matchup doesn't work. That kind of a thing. So, trade Julian Edelman to get some good quality players back. I have to ask, feeding with a toothpick, does that like mean like Costco, like when you get samples? Is that it could. It could. Because yeah. like I go ham on the samples. Yeah. So like I, I think I would stabs you with it. Like me. <laughs> Here's your pass. Poke, poke, poke. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, what did what is your take on this key trade cut? Um, okay, so for my answer, I would go with I would agree with some mom Warren in um that I would keep I would actually keep Rita. I'm very intrigued by Brita this year. I don't know what's so tantalizing uh, about Miami every year, um, but I end up falling with uh, falling. Yeah, um, I end up falling in love with a piece there every single year. Jasicki is one of those guys, but I think Brita is another late round guy. I like um, as far as who I would I would trade and who I would cut. I think I would reverse it though. I think I would cut Julian Edelman and I would trade Austin Hooper now. Um, the reason why I would say that is 
I'm not so certain the value and and um, what people think of Julian Edelman. Like I I we talk about it in our dynasty league. Like I don't think that Julian Edelman carries a lot of weight uh, anymore as far as like how good of a wide receiver he is. And so I just don't know if you get the same value. Now Austin Hooper had a great last two years. You can argue, oh, tight ends are hard to you know get a top tight end. I'm giving you a back to back top six tight end um and i think the argument is a little bit easier to be made in that in that position so i'd probably try to trade hooper and cut julian edelman and totally i mean obviously no right or wrong answer but i i could definitely see it that way too this was a really hard one yeah this was a good one yeah i like it I think I think I'm siding with Stepmom Lauren. I think it's easier to trade Edelman just based off a of straight straight name value. And yeah, you should definitely keep. I think keeping Breda is the right answer here. One, it's it's the running back. You know, that's more valuable a lot of the times. And it's the pass catching running back of Jordan Howard and Matt Breda. So you've got the upside. Even if Miami sucks, which we all probably think that they will, Breda's got the upside to be the pass catching back in negative game script to to make up for that. And then I just think it's going to be easier to trade Edelman over Austin Hooper. So that would be my leaning on that one but now it's time for the main event guys we're here to talk about league winners for the 2020 season so let's jump into this right away and without further ado stepmom lauren at the running back position who do you have as your league winner who are you telling your listeners who are you going to tell whisper nation look step away with your draft with this guy and you've got the upside to take it all home this may be super spicy and controversial I love it we yeah. wouldn't have it any other way yeah Austin Eckler. Oh, Austin Eckler. That sounds yeah, Johnny's going to hate this one. That sound I take back what I just said. What what are we doing? Let's uh oh, uh, I think I, love I think we're done okay. recording now. Uh I no, think we're done no recording. No way. You shush your mouth. I'm going to let you finish, but stepmom Lauren's got a spicy take here. All take right. it away. I like that you can get him second, maybe third round. I like that he does not have Melvin Gordon there anymore. He's a friggin' Swiss Army knife. He is explosive. I like his opportunity a lot, and I think it's going to be – these are always someone you never really expect, and I just I, – I, maybe I just wanted to be Austin Eckler so much because I love him so much, but um, I really, really like his 2020 outlook this year for sure. I'm, I'm so excited to see what he does in this offense. Speaking of excited, dude, have you watched his videos where he's doing one-arm pull-ups in his backyard on his squat rack? That gets you excited, dude, like – yeah, that guy is incredible. Um, I think all the excitement's there. Obviously, Johnny and I have talked about we're kind of steering clear of him just based on the fact that he he's never really done the volume thing. Um, Anthony Lynn has come out and said that there's – yeah, that's true. But Anthony Lynn has come out and said that the other backs on the team are going to help carry this load. Um, and I think that's what the Chargers want to do here. So for me, I, I just don't know if I buy it all the way, but I do like your point about maybe getting him, you know, if he slips to the third and he's your third player off the board, for sure, I think that becomes a value. And then, yeah, you're talking, if he does hit a top five running back uh, within the third round, that's huge. That's definitely going to bring home some championships. So I, and I with my normal go-tos, which were Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson. Those are like my three boys that I love, but I want yeah. to be a little bit different think outside my stepmom. I love it. No, I I love it. I, I, I have an issue with it just because I don't think he could be as efficient as he was last year. And I mean, like I'm willing to make the gamble. Like I was saying that about Alvin Kamara a few years ago and I was wrong. Like Alvin Kamara was, uh, is a really efficient and, and good running back, and it works for him. I just don't think the same is with uh, Eckler. Uh, like Travis said, I'm I'm concerned with the workload uh, total. And I'll, I'll say, like, Tyrod Taylor does not 
throw like like he's going like Eckler is going from the dump off king to uh Tyrod Taylor who instead of dumping off he lowers his head and he runs and now if the rookie comes in then that could be a little bit different story I'd actually probably like him a little bit more I, I could say okay I could see a lot of dump off still but I just think that people are drafting him at it at you know the production that we saw last year at, at and and buying into it and I just I'm not sure if it's going to be there it reminds me a lot of Tyreek Cohen 2 years ago where he was super efficient we overdrafted him we were he was going in the 4th 5th round and then what ended up happening he was not nearly as efficient the touchdowns fell off and that was the issue so uh, that's where I stand. Right, Johnny, Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. Smarty Pants. Who's your running back league winner then? We oh, got to hear my, it. My, my running back league winner is the one, the only, uh, I actually should have put him on the wall today. It was my bad. Uh, but that is David Johnson running back now for the Tennessee. Just play it. You're just playing to stepmom Lauren, dude. Just yeah, playing yeah. to the gift. Hey, no. You just we just have good taste. That's all. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, David Johnson. Hey, we all know the the with the drum the dramatic showdown that went on this summer with uh, uh, Bill O'Brien and Hopkins, and because of that big old mess, uh, now we have David Johnson going to uh, Houston. Now a lot of people are super disappointed because of what David Johnson has returned to them over the last two years. And so they are staying away and staying clear. And even the, the, the sound of me bringing up his name has people cringing and, and saying, Johnny, oh, disregard this because I don't want him anywhere near my team this year. I'm staying away from that landmine. And I would say reconsider, please, because we have been talking David Johnson and Todd Gurley a lot this offseason. But guess what? Whose ADP has not moved one single bit. That is Todd uh, or that is uh, that is David Johnson. Todd Gurley's has moved. Uh, let me remind people of this. OK, David Johnson will get over 250 touches. We know that for a fact. Because he, Bill O'Brien has done that with his lead back uh, since the beginning of time. Uh, I understand the argument. I don't know, Johnny, if he still has it. It seemed like David Johnson was on his last leg the last time I saw him. Uh, if Arizona didn't want him, uh, why would why would he be good? Like why wouldn't they keep him if Arizona if he was good? But let me remind you because it's recency bias, and I understand how how much David Johnson disappointed. But in the very first six weeks of last year, this these were his finishes again with the Arizona Cardinals, RB eight. RB32, not that good, but check this out. RB12, RB11, RB11, RB4. That is five out of six weeks he was an RB1. And now all of a sudden he's coming off the board as like RB22? Are you kidding me? This guy has upside of an RB1 all day long. He's going to get the volume. I know that from B, uh, from BO. So I don't understand uh, why he isn't going going higher it, it, it baffles me yeah there's Don't usually anybody let him stay in yeah i know right there's usually that guy within that wow. <laughs> right yeah a hundred percent like i there's usually that guy within that second or third round i think of a couple years ago it was todd Gurley. everybody was skipping todd Gurley, and then all of a sudden he blasted up was rb1 i think this is easily could be made the case for for david johnson here because he set up and that offense is going to be all over the high octane ability so it's not going to be that different from the david johnson offenses that made him rb1 in the 
pass. Like a good quarterback, a lot of wide receivers, and like just push the ball down the field. So I really that, love David Johnson's outlook this year and, uh, and the ADP. All that risk is baked right into that ADP for him. And last thing I'll say is the year that he popped off and he was the RB1 overall, guess what scheme he was running in? The zone run scheme. Guess what B- BO runs? The zone run scheme. The same one. So I, it's all adding up. It just doesn't add up in the industry for some reason. So I'm telling Whisper he Nation. He's got a big chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien promised him he's going to be able to run the game that David Johnson wants to run. So he is sold on Houston. And if you're personally invested, personally sold, and you got a chip on your shoulder to prove that you're still that guy, let me yeah. have some David Johnson. Please. I mean, look at Bill O'Brien's history with uh, running backs that have kind of been forgotten. Lamar Miller had some good years with Bill O'Brien in Houston and Carlos Hyde. You know, we want to talk a bunch of crap about Carlos Hyde, but he did well last year as far as numbers are concerned. Um, I think David Johnson's got a little more in the tank than those two guys did when they got to I Houston. Think. So uh, I think that's a, a great pick. I went a little bit deeper than you guys at running back. And it's funny because uh, I think stepmom Lauren's not really going to love this pick, but I went with Ronald Jones as the RB 32 coming off the board in the eighth round. She was talking a little bit of smack about Ronald Jones earlier, but here's the thing, dude, in the eighth round as your, you know, RB three, I think the upside is tremendous here. You know, our early projections in our draft kit, which you can get at the fantasy has Tom Brady throwing for about 40 touchdowns with those two wide receivers. Okay. If that is the case, he's throwing for 40 touchdowns. This offense is going to be pushing the ball down the field. Last year, Ronald Jones has 11 games with double-digit carries. He's been talked about this offseason as catching 300 more balls on the jugs per day or that he's practicing. Uh, He went from seven catches as a rookie to 31 last year. He had a 75% catch rate last year and only one drop. Okay, so I know that everybody wants to talk about Keyshawn Vaughn and the rookies coming in and he's going to be the receiver. And, you know, you've even got a Goomba, a Goomba Wale over there, too, that people want to talk about. But I think Ronald Jones is actually gearing up to be the lead back and maybe a bell cow as a guy you can keep on the field all the time with Tom Brady with the trust issue there. We've got a COVID offseason. We don't know what the rookies are going to do or what it's going to take. And then the touchdown upside alone with not only Tom Brady, but in a B.A. offense as the lead back. It's all there for me that. I, I was between two guys who are back-to-back in ADP, Ronald Jones and Darius Geis. And I said, well, if, if I could make the case for Darius Geis just based on skill, sure. But he's got the injury risk for sure. But am I going to trust Washington to be a great enough offense to get you as a league winner or Tampa Bay to be a great enough offense to be as a league winner? To me, it was Ronald Jones. I'm taking him at RB32, and I think people need to slow down a little bit on Keyshawn Vaughn and realize that Ronald Jones, you know, he went from, I think, 1.9 yards per carry to 4.2 last year. He's increased. He's gotten better. We've wanted him to get better, and he has, and I think he has room to get even better this year. I mean, he's he's got tremendous value and tremendous upside as your RB3 for sure. I mean, that would be awesome. Just like I love Matt Breda as a possible flex opportunity or my RB3. I mean, that'd, right. be, that'd be great. You are selling me a bit on this, Travis. I'm not going to lie. Well, the last, hey, I love that. After all <laughs> that, I, I, didn't, do, yeah. I, I also want to say uh, as well, he, um, you know, Travis talked about the jugs. Adding the six to eight pounds uh, is definitely yeah. really, really nice. Um, and I want to say this as well. Like, Ronald Jones is younger than Keyshawn Vaughn. So like a lot of, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Like Ronald Jones was really, really young when he came out of college. And so he is just developing this stuff. Like, again, we act like people can't get better in the off season. And it's like giving, it's just given the opportunity. And here's one thing I will say, 
I know BA pretty well because I watched a lot of Cardinals stuff over the uh, while he was here. I was, and still am a big fan. But like that was we all, everyone in Arizona loved BA. And the one thing that we did not like about him that we will say was he did not play rookies when he should have. Like David Johnson should have seen the field a lot sooner than what he did, but he didn't because he's, he's like, going to change that strategy in the COVID off season. I just right, can't yeah. see that being the case. Like I can't yeah, see him being like. Why- I think that's why he's agreeing with the case of Ronald Jones. Yeah. 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 So that's why. And I, I just think that Ronald Jones is presenting a great opportunity because he is going so much later in drafts. Um, now he will start to hit this hype train cause he's already started. I mean, just two weeks ago he was, you know, ninth, 10th round and just, and the, you know, since his information's shot up to like seventh round, um, so keep an eye on that. Hopefully it doesn't get too, too hot. But I do think that he is going to be the guy. I, I We all want to, you know, get this next big sleeper. And I and I actually, I am the biggest Ronald Jones hater. You can ask Travis. I'm the biggest Ronald Jones hater. But I, I do think that this year he will be a really good value for you. All right. So Stepmom Lauren, we're moving on to wide receiver. We've, we've talked about this year being so deep at wide receiver, but if you got to put your flag in the ground on one guy to be a league winner at wide receiver, who are you telling the nation to draft? Cortland Sutton. Ooh, wow. That's a good one. I like this. I know. Another, another kind of, like, really? But well, no, these I are good. You yeah. want people yeah, to be. Cortland Sutton. I love what they're doing, what uh, John Attaway is doing with the Broncos. I love Drew Locke, guys. I, I mean, Missouri. I mean, I'm a Mizzou graduate, so of course I love my alma mater. Of course I love my Mizzou Tigers. But Drew Locke is a gunslinger, but he's also surprisingly accurate. And he's young still. He only played five games last year. So he really likes to sling the ball down the field. So I really want to see what they're going to do next year with Cortland Sutton. But the most important thing is what they're going to have with Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton. That allows him to be able to stretch the field, make these huge plays, be dynamic. I mean, there's a reason why Cortland Sutton is was such a darling coming in last year. It was, actually, when was his rookie year? Was that, was that last year? Uh, it was... T- Two two years ago, uh, last year was his second year. Yeah, this should be his really big Third breakout year. year. Yeah, last yeah. year was his second year, and they were breakout year. And I'm I'm really excited to see. They're just surrounding Drew Locke with weapons, which helps all of these weapons out, especially Cortland Sutton. I'm very excited to see what he does. I think he could be a league winner. This guy, what I love about Cortland Sutton is you you talked about Drew Locke only having five games. Sutton produces with anybody that's uh, that's playing quarterback. So he's kind of like that foolproof option where, you know, I'm going to talk about a guy that maybe isn't the same way, but I love that he can he can do it with anybody. You talked about the weapons, which means actually more opportunities maybe for this offense and Cortland Sutton to get down the field. And I think, look, they traded away Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, because they knew Cortland Sutton wanted to be the man here. And and he took on that challenge and did it. I don't so, know. Yeah, if I, he, I don't know if he wanted to or he just demanded it like he just took yeah. it because that's what it seemed yeah. like. He was like, no, no, yeah. no, you're no longer the guy. I am the wide receiver one here. Right. I am the alpha. So I want to talk about a guy in the same round uh, going uh, here. And, and I feel like he's just being slept on a little bit. And that's Juju Smith-Schuster is my league winner this year. Wide receiver 15 off the board in the fourth round, 405. Look, I know he missed four games with some of his own injuries. We had the Big Ben issue last year. But you take away that injury, and we've seen Big Ben out there throwing and throwing with Juju. What is the difference between his outlook last, last year and this year? 
Nothing. Like we realized that he was a top five outlook wide receiver last year when AB left the team. And now we're talking about he's not a top five outlook this year. I don't think so, man. I think only 10 wideouts since 1920 have recorded 2,300 receiving yards in their first two seasons. Only 10 wideouts. And Juju is one of those wide receivers. He is the truth. He's not QB proof. I get that. So that's where the risk is. We were talking about Sutton. I think Sutton's a little more safer in my opinion, but the that risk is baked into this fourth round ADP for Juju. Like he is a top five guy for sure if everything's right. He's in a contract year. He's the undisputed number one. If you look at the emergence of like Deontay Johnson in the offense, like you look at last year, Juju actually ran 59% of his routes from the slot as opposed to 56% in 2018. So I think his slot row is secure, which makes him get the better matchups against nickel cornerbacks. And then my last point I want to make here, if you look at the targets for Pittsburgh's number one in healthy seasons for Big One, Ben, the last four seasons, 168 targets, that was best for third, third best. 163 targets, that was second best. 154, that was fifth best. I had to double take on this one. 193 targets AB got a like four oh, years ago. Wow. Uh, that was only second best, which is kind of crazy. But still, the idea is that the number one in a Pittsburgh offense is going to get you upwards of 150 targets. And you'd be stupid to not try and invest in that, in my opinion, if Big Ben is healthy and we've got a fourth round value on him. So as long as he stays there for me, this guy could definitely bring you home some championships this year. And it's um, important to know that the Steelers have recognized that the outside experiment with Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't work. So they yeah. added Chase Claypool from the draft so to move uh, Juju Smith-Schuster back into the slot where he needs to be. He is not that great at creating separation. So he needs to run those routes that he's good at, and that is in the slot with Antonio uh, – with Antonio Brown. <laughs> you had the A-B bug in my ear. Also, <laughs> I draft him in my Scott Fishbowl, by the way. Nice. Just saying. Hey. Just in case. Yeah, Johnny's been taking him into mocks, too. But Deontay Johnson is no joke. This was a, a rookie wide receiver that you guys Love have Deontay. said I'm not a big fan of, but he managed to break out not only in his rookie year, but with two backup NFL quarterbacks making their debut. And he still yeah. managed to be a beast. So imagine what he's going to be able to do with Ben Roethlisberger, which just makes things even better for Juju Smith-Schuster. Agreed. Love. Yeah. Johnny, what do you got as your wide receiver to, to win some people some leagues here? Yeah, so uh, I, I I do like the Deontay Johnson pick a lot, uh, or I, I mean, the Juju pick. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a a wonderful wide receiver. Uh, I, I drafted him, you know, in my dynasty in the 18th round last year, and had to cut him because my team was too stacked. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> humble you know? brag. Yeah, humble brag. Because since we're everyone else is doing it on the show. Uh, Who's your league winner, Johnny? Give it to us. Right. My league winner is Travis is not going to be happy with this. Like he's going to and I'm, I'm ready for the heat. I'm ready for him to bring on the heat. Bring it on. I'm telling you right now, the league winner that you are going to want to get your hands on is wide receiver Miko Hardman of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, oh, yeah, you make the face. I'm glad you did that, Travis. I'm, I'm glad you look like I just said something hideous to you because one, it means that you're going to stay away from him in our drafts so I can get him. And two, I'm about to tell you why you need to get Miko Hardman and he is the league winner. All right. He is on the best offense in football. No question about it. He is on the best offense in football with one of the best coaches in football at getting his players open and getting his players the ball to their skill set. Now, people are going to say, well, he wasn't on the field a lot last year, and uh, I don't want to invest in a guy that was you know, not even on the field for 40% 
uh, on average all last year. And I will say, on the contrary, you should invest in that because when he is on the field, this guy is beyond explosive. They want to get him the ball. He had 26 receptions on 41 targets last year for 538 yards and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns on 26 receptions, which I understand is going to come down. The touchdown regression will come down. That's too many. But I will say, he was a wide receiver three or better on 50% of uh, weeks last year in his rookie year in a crowded wider. Weeks were without Tyree Kill. Uh, some of them, clavicle. some of them were, but uh, some of them were also when Sammy Watkins went out. Um, and here's the thing, Sammy Watkins. Welcome to the trash pile, dude. You're on the game time trash bin. You are trash. You need to be out of this offense. And that is going to happen this year because Mikkel Harmon is going to take a step up in his route development. They already started to near the end of last year. And you know what's crazy? If you watch the tape, go back and watch his film. When they started to introduce new routes, you know what happened to those corners and the separation there? It went massively up. Why? Because so many people are afraid of his distance or his his breakaway speed that they play off of him. Yeah, so if you start playing off because, oh, Mikko Harmon's in you, they're going to go deep, and they start running him on intermediate routes, look out. This guy has the talent to just get the ball in his hands, and he could do the rest. Uh, I'm telling you, 11.06 is his ADP, wide receiver 46. Come on, sign me up any day of the week. This guy is going to be awesome. And if he takes over that wide receiver role with Tyreek Hill, oh, how do you think corners and defenses are going to handle two speedsters that run a four? You mean two Tyreek Hills? Yeah, yeah. Good They're luck. Like the same person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. Well, Hardman's great. Like the talent's undeniable, Johnny. I think even the ADP, you can make a case, and I think he's a fine league winner. I'm not going to fight you on that. I will just say that I do want to fight you on the prospect that he's going to take over that wide receiver two role right away. Look, there are so many people in this offense. It's just the path would have to be injury, which I, I feel like you could bet on, or especially with COVID, you could bet on something happening ahead of him. And Sammy but Watkins. Even in, the month of, in the month of January, but it's not even Sammy Watkins, Johnny. In the month of January, this was the snap breakdown. Tyreek Hill, 90%. Sammy Watkins, 85%. Demarcus Robinson, 48%. And Miko Hardman, 28%. So, all those players, and I didn't even mention Travis Kelsey or CEH, who was drafted this year, who's going to demand targets too out of the backfield. So I love McCole Hardman's talent. I love that he's on this offense, but it's going to take a couple things for him to get there for me. And But like you said, you're getting him in what, the 11th round right now? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's... I think that's totally worth the stab. I think you're right there. I would just say, like, don't think that he's going to the, – the reason we brought up those rookies earlier is because they actually have a path right away to the number one in that offense. I don't know that McColl's got a path, that's a clear thing. path, even I'll, to I, the number two in the offense. But I, I, it will you, be more worth those number ones if he does become the number two. It, yeah, I, even if you're the the third or fourth option in this offense, they score. They're going to score forty plus touchdowns this year. Like as a team, give me a piece of that. Like, I yeah. yeah. Well, that does it for the show. But stepmom Lauren, we just got to thank you so much for coming back on the show. Whisper Nation, I know, is thrilled with it. We'll obviously, be joining us for the mock draft marathon. But talk to us a little bit. What do you got going on in the works? What are some things coming up on your radar? Uh, some things you'd like to plug here? 
I'm so glad you asked me that because um, one of the things we talked about last year was uh, breakout Mark Andrews tight end. Remember? And yeah. For the fantasy footballers. And part of that was Mark Andrews. I'm doing that again this year. So I have three tight ends to remember a name that might be interesting that no one really talks about much in the tight end landscape. I'll give you a hint. I know. I know what this is because we talked about it. Boys. Blake yeah. Jarwin, huh? Yes. I like All right. Jarwin. I'll lay it out why, but it's like, you know, he's going super late. Take a stab on him. You never know. So I'm, I've got that in the works. So if y'all don't know me, I'm a writer for the fantasy footballers. I am also a writer now for fantasy pros. You guys can find me on all social media platforms at stepmom Lauren, and you can find all my work, get guest podcasts, articles, videos on my website, stepmomlauren.com. And I love talking with y'all. So come hit me up. Ask me some questions. Make sure you, you don't search stepmom Lauren. You type in stepmomlauren.com. I've gotten her like down to other pages. So if it's stepmom, like one word stepmom, I'm like all of the first page, but if it's two words, stepmom, she's like the third. Yeah, hell yeah. I love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like, yeah. So now it's just like an OG inside joke. We're definitely just. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we appreciate you so much. We know Whisper Nation does. Uh, We we appreciate you coming on here. If Yeah, smash like and subscribe and go follow her on all the social media platforms. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, Chelsea Lee Byers, and Stepmom Lauren, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.